Welcome to the VoxGig podcast. We talk to people in the developer community about developer relations, public speaking, and community events. For more details, visit voxgig.com slash podcast. All right, let's get started. Today, my guest is Joe Drumgool. Joe is a senior DevRel person at MongoDB. I first came across Joe when I saw him pitch his startup at one of the very early Web Summit conferences. I thought to myself, I got to get to know this guy. He was impressive then, and he's pretty impressive now. We talk about the development of developer relations, how critical it has been to the success of MongoDB, which, by the way, is really cool these days. I use it myself. We talk about developing the skill of speaking at conferences and how it is a skill and something that you can learn. And we talk about the importance of identifying the economic reason for why someone uses your software and how important that is in developer relations. Take it away, Joe. Joe, welcome to the VoxGig podcast. It is great to have you on today on this surprisingly sunny Monday for Ireland. Richard, it's great to be here. Uh, Lovely to catch up again. It's been too long. Absolutely. Um, Well, let's get straight into it. Um, You work in developer relations. Um, You look after developer advocates. Um, Describe your average day, if you have one. Oh, about eight to nine hours of Zoom, Richard. (laughs) So I run a global team of about 20 three, soon to be 24 developer advocates and associated leaders. So most of my day is organizing them for subsequent plans, subsequent quarters, aligning with other parts of the organization and ensuring that what we're doing is properly focused on the overall goals of the company. Now, DevRel in MongoDB has a long and illustrious history. We've been always a very developer-centric company. And traditionally, in the past, DevRel was done by an, a, a, a kind of organically by the rest of the organization. It's only in the last sort of eight years or so we've had a dedicated DevRel organization. So I try and do a little bit of like real work, as I call it, where you're actually either writing code or presenting. And of course, I love to get on calls like this, where we can talk a little bit about MongoDB and what we do. But yeah, the life of a director at MongoDB is, is effectively organizing, strategizing, and making sure that we're all focused in the right direction at the right time. I mean, we've got a quite sophisticated DevRel engagement model now. We operate across a YouTube channel, a podcast. We do live streaming. We've got a brand new dev center on MongoDB that most of the content is written by my team. We engage at conferences. And of course, we support MongoDB's own in-person events. And we just finished MongoDB World in uh, New York, where my team was engaged in over 40 activities at that event. So um, a lot of, I spend a lot of time in JIRA and in planning tools and in obviously spreadsheets, trying to organize our time as efficiently as possible. A lot of the challenge for us is to relax into the work and not get overstressed and not get overstretched. 
Um, I I can I can show you really simply the algorithm for somebody who lasts two years in any job, and it starts with trying to work sixty hours a week. After two years of that, you're like, I can't do this anymore. So it's important to keep the team on a level and make sure they don't overcook themselves trying to stretch themselves over too many activities at once. Yeah, because the the promotional stuff that you guys do, it's endless, right? You could do everything. I, I'm interested about the, the history of DevRel in MongoDB because you guys were, were you one of the first? It's interesting that you said it was organic and then it was, it was only about eight years ago that it got formalized. MongoDB has to be one of the first companies that did DevRel before it was called that, right? Yeah, and, and so the, the original company when it was founded, it's all engineers. And so the way you would engage is you would typically rock up, get your badge, your laptop, and then you would be sent out to a conference. <laughs> like almost a, a very common occurrence in when we were still sub about 50 people was you would get your gear and then you'd head out to conference or to a meetup. And so we would turn up on the opening of a bottle cop, bottle top. You know, <laughs> but we were ordinary engineers or, or a specific ordinary engineers. And it became a real problem because the engineers were doing so much advocacy and so much DevRel that it was impacting their ability to ship the product. And so from there, we moved to a field team. Now, they were called pre-sales and consultants, but at least half their time they were doing DevRel. So when I joined MongoDB in 2013, I had a team of about 12 pre-sales people. Because when I joined, I ran pre-sales for EMEA for the first couple of years. Got it. That team did all the things that DevRel does now. Uh, they went to meetups. They did office hours. They presented at conferences. And they did a little bit of pre-sales work at the same time. So there was a very strong impetus to, to you know, to be uh, in a DevRel function, but not in a dedicated DevRel function. So we didn't have a real DevRel team in earnest till about 2014. And, and the change came when we brought in a new CEO, David Echiria. The reason we're a public company now is Dave and the team he brought in. And Dave and the head of sales refocused the pre-sales team on a singular goal to help find the economic buyer and encourage him to part with his money in order to purchase MongoDB. And we had a couple of things that happened all at the same time. We brought in Dave. We bought a company called Wired Tiger, which transformed the storage engine inside MongoDB. The Wired Tiger engineers have been working on databases since Berkeley DB. They invented Berkeley DB. Then they went to Oracle to build their NoSQL. Hold on a second. Are you saying Mongo is now the descendant of Berkeley DB? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, wow. Berkeley DB was the very first key value store. That was the first database in... I ever used. Yeah. Well, written by Keith Bostick and, yeah. Uh, yeah. and Michael Cahill. They then went on to join Oracle. And Berkeley DB became Oracle NoSQL. They then left Oracle to build Wired Tiger. And Wired Tiger was designed to create a storage engine for modern hardware, modern cloud hardware. So 
What's the two things we know about modern cloud hardware? Very large memory footprint and lots of CPUs. So they spent an enormous amount of time building a very, uh, what they call a lock-free storage engine. So Wired Tiger was, in, you know, it, it basically 10x the performance of MongoDB when we put it in. And so that made a huge change for us. It also enabled us to do things like distributed transactions because there was already a transaction engine in the Wired Tiger storage engine. So huge pivot there, huge pivot with the change in the management uh, organization. And we kind of did it without anybody noticing. I never saw anything in, in the press about changing over. But the big change there gave us a, a database engine that could compete with the best in the world and a database on top of it, MongoDB, an executive team that could compete with the best of the world. And that's what set us on the path to an IPO. Of course, we began to realize as we focused on finding the economic buyer that we weren't paying as much attention to the developers. And that uh, prompted the creation of a dedicated DevRel team. And I moved into DevRel in 2014. I'm trying to think, might have been late. 2014, early 2015. I have to check my own CV. Yeah. And that became the genesis of what became dedicated DevRel. And so we've had a dedicated DevRel team. It grew from a small sort of four or five people up to, it's about, I'd have to go and look at the your chart, it's about 40 or 50 people now and divided into three groups. The there's a community team under a colleague of mine, Steny Steniker, who's based in Sydney. They run our user groups, our forums, and run our champions program. There's advocacy, which I run, which is a global team of software engineers with a high propensity for communication. So a lot of our job as developer advocates is explaining how you can use MongoDB most effectively. One of the things that we, you know, we do in MongoDB is we've been innovating constantly for the last sort of 10 years. So each year we release a ton more functionality. Like at MongoDB World, we we produced a serverless MongoDB, a data federation, a, a wonderful thing called queryable encryption, where you can actually encrypt every piece of data using keys stored only on the client and query that encrypted data while it's encrypted. I mean, it's it's almost like it magic. <laughs> almost like magic. I, I you know, I, I read is. the white paper and went, I don't understand this, but it's amazing. <laughs> let's zero, let's zero in on, on 2014 and that transition from pre-sales to DevRel. Yeah. Um, did it I mean the, the the term developer relations, did you feel it was kind of established? Was it an obvious move or were you guys well, it started, we started with it, we called it community. And I like to claim the fame for changing the name from community to developer advocacy. Uh, we wanted to un be clear that this was not just doing user groups, that we wanted to be building code and showing people how to use the platform. And the way I, I describe it is, in instead of having developer relations and, and pre-sales and consulting, I often describe it now as if you think about it as developer relations and customer relations, the key difference between customer relations, which is pre-sales, customer success, consulting, support, yeah. is in customer relations, there's always a company. If there's no company, we're not interested. The, the, the pipeline, the standard marketing pipeline only wants to have an economic buyer that's attached to a company because only companies can afford to shell out the big bucks for 
massive deployments of MongoDB. With developer relations, we're interested in the individual developer, regardless of his employment state or his employer. We're just as interested in, um, you know, uh, Johnny Smith in his first startup as we are in, in, in Jack Smith working for one of the largest Fortune 500 companies in the world because we want to maintain the relationship with the individual in developer relations. And, and that means that we can, you know, can continue to engage with the developer throughout his career, as long as he wants to engage with us. The challenge with customer relations is if you move companies, you fall out of the funnel, you yeah. disappear, and you have to re-enter at the top in some new company. And that can take time and energy, and we don't realize you're the same Richard Rogers, as was in, you know, Coca-Cola, who's now in Pepsi. So developer relations is like a mirror of customer relations where we have a longer term relationship. And like, we're absolutely keen that we, you know, help the company sell its product. But we feel we can do that by building great advocates for the technology as opposed to driving them down a sales pipeline. So if a company treated their developer relations as, as just a sales funnel, you know, get once the dev is signed up and that's it, it's not going to be very effective, is it? No, no, it's not because it, it, people join and leave at different parts of their career. People change jobs and suddenly they discover they're not using the technology anymore. And sometimes they return to it later. We have to be able to manage a multitude of different cohorts at different stages of engagement. And one of the challenging things to do with DevRel is if you try and accommodate your more skilled, more tenured engineers, your vanity stats go through the floor. So you're just not going to get as many reads on a more sophisticated piece of content as you will with something basic and entry level. So I, I, I like to think of, of our metrics as three components, input metrics, these are the things that we do, write a paper, go to a conference, do a podcast, create a YouTube video. Consumption metrics, they're the people, how many people watch, view, read, listen to, they're important. And then impact metrics. These are the ones we're really trying to focus on these uh, days. What yeah. do they do next, right? So your consumption metrics for a very sophisticated piece on CQRS and event sourcing are going to be way lower than introduction to Node.js and MongoDB. But the people reading that more advanced content are much more likely to become strong advocates for your product. So the impact metrics are what they do next. Do they become advocates? Do they promote the stuff? And honestly, it, it, it's it's frustrating when people only look at Google Analytics and go, well, you know, your your article only got 200 views, but which 200 people were looking at that article? That for me is what really makes uh, a more you, sophisticated DevRel program valuable. How do you measure impact? So we're we are we are starting to build a, a, a kind of a slightly different funnel to the more traditional DevRel. So we, we want to have a very consistent set of calls to action across all of our channels. And you'll start to see this in the, in the latter half of this year. So we'll have a much more prescriptive list of CTAs for our DevRel advocates to use. 
and we'll be driving people to the same set of pages, properly tagged and referenced so that we can use that as a trigger metric for impact. So we might be driving you to sign up for Atlas and use a particular product. We might be driving you to sign up for university, or we might be asking you to sign up for a dot .local event somewhere near you. Those CTAs are going to be driven through a set of pages we've constructed specifically. And so we can measure the impact by saying, if this percentage of people come to this page, then we know we've succeeded. So it's uh, the trick is to keep it consistent across the whole team so that everybody's using the same set of CTAs, driving to the same set of pages and tracking that through uh, either tags or through just basically the only traffic that comes to this page could be from us because the page isn't visible to the rest of the internet, or at least it's not linked to the rest of our website. And that will give us an impact metric. Let's um, return to this idea of the economic decision maker. Um, as a developer, I've often been in the position where I'm, I'm not the guy with the checkbook, but if I say use X, that's that's what the economic decision maker is going to use. Um, but it's interesting that you, you said that the, the new CEO changed the strategy or the way that that approach was taken. So where, explain to me how developers fit into that decision-making process. So what the, was the change? There are three, like MongoDB sales process is an incredibly sophisticated model and has continued to developing sophistication, but at its, at its base, there are two important components to a sale, a champion and an economic buyer. The champion is going to help you to sell to the company. And the key thing between a champion and what we call a coach is a champion will push your product when you're not in the room. A coach will only support you when you're in the room. So the, the challenge for a pre-sales person and for a rep is to find and identify a champion for your product. The champion will introduce you to the economic buyer. So in your case, we would be trying to, you know, ensure that you were a supporter of MongoDB and that you would introduce us eventually to your CFO or your CEO or your head of business. So it's always a champion and an economic buyer. In very small companies, they might be the same person, but in most companies, the champion and the economic buyer are two different people. So we help by building generic champions for MongoDB. We don't have a champion that's specifically attached to an account in the territory. We like, we like, create a huge amount of interest in MongoDB, we expect it to yield fruit further down the line. But we're not attached to an, a, a sales target. We don't have a quota in DevRel. Our job is just to build an enormous number of champions, both champions who are officially MongoDB champions and anointed by our champions program, but also a huge range of people who are just more interested in MongoDB and more keen to use the product. That for me is the ultimate goal of DevRel, build these champions, hundreds of them, thousands of them over our lifetime. Okay, so that is a, that is a key strategic imperative. Um, let, let's unwind or unpack the, the whole DevRel strategy and how you put it together. Let's use a thought experiment. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm sure you're extremely happy where you are, but if you were offered millions and millions and millions of quid uh, to work in a, in a startup, 
that was just beginning to set up their DevRel. Literally, you're DevRel person number one, and you have a budget, a sufficient budget, and startup is doing well, et cetera. So we don't, we don't have to worry about that side of things. Um, how would you go about setting up the DevRel organization? Um, and there's nuts and bolts stuff, right? But yeah. then also, how would you set the strategy? So you look at, first of all, you look at the geography. Where are we? Are we in Silicon Valley? Are we in Dublin? Are we in London? And where is the largest adjacent market? That's where you want to put your DevRel people. Then you want to think for a small team, your reach is disproportionate with online activity, right? So you want to get them writing content and more importantly, doing YouTube content. So 50% of developers, when they want to find out about something, go to YouTube. Don't don't take this from me. That's a stack overflow stat. That is so, a new thing, right? Um, it's not that new. YouTube's been around for a long time. And if you type any technology into YouTube, you're going to get a stack of videos about it. And mm-hmm. videos are often easier to understand because you're watching interactively being built than reading. Now, me, I like to read stuff. I, I would much rather read an article yeah, you that's than right. watch a video. <laughs> but that's me because I'm old. And yeah. so do you, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, we, you look young, but we know there's been yeah. a few years, there will be a few miles under your wheels. Um, so written content and YouTube, and then you want in-person engagement. And for me, you can start running your own meetups. It's a heavy lift. And I think meetups, are, if you want to do meetups, don't start a meetup, go to a meetup or attach yourself to a generic technology related to your technology. So we've been offering the space in MongoDB to to other groups to hold meetups. And so one of the people that's working with us is Connor O'Neill from uh, Times. Um, But they don't call, they don't have a Times meetup. They have a low code meetup and they offer access to anybody interested in low code. That makes it a more generic topic. And so vendor communities have a half-life. If you start a community on MongoDB, I guarantee you within two years, you'll have churned everybody in your meetup group because they come to learn MongoDB, they learn MongoDB, and then they leave. So you need a more elevated goal for your community. And we're trying to think about a community that's making people better software developers at MongoDB, as opposed to a community that teaches you MongoDB. We have an excellent university program that's free for you to learn MongoDB. But to become better as a programmer, you want us to, we want you to look at our dev center, which has lots of more generic articles, and join our community because it's a community that's embracing the idea of becoming a better developer. And if you do that, then you're attaching yourself to a higher goal than just getting and, and acquiring a single technology. For us in MongoDB, we know MongoDB doesn't is never used in isolation. It's used with a cloud provider. It's used with a tech stack. It's used with Confluent. It's used with Vercel and Next.js. If you aren't aware of at least and often expert in those adjacent technologies it you don't get the credibility to talk about your own product so what i talk to my developer advocates about doing is become an expert in a third-party technology that's adjacent to mongodb by being an expert and in of that community 
you earn the right to talk about your own technology. And so content. Yeah, I think that's it's an interesting person and, and adjacency are the key things for an early stage DevRel program. Yeah, you, I think you've, you've just kind of uh, created a pattern for avoiding the dreaded um, pitch talk, right? Which event organizers absolutely hate and community, yeah. right? It's like, oh, right, this, this, this person is just pitching their product. Um, by contextualizing it in a wider problem space, making it useful, <laughs> uh, yeah. that's a really good strategy. Can I ask you about documentation? Right. We, yes, we've been talking you can. about the fun stuff, right? You've been talking yeah. about the fun stuff. Uh, but what, what I found personally when I go to use third-party products and integrate them, I've either been told by the client or I've made a decision myself or whatever, um, the documentation really counts. And the archetype there, right, in, in the same way that you guys, MongoDB, was seen as one of the, the very yeah. early movers in getting DevRel up and, up and running, Stripe is seen as the sort of archetype of amazing documentation. Uh, but what, where would you place documentation in this space? And how, how do you actually execute it? Because it's super hard to build good documentation. We, we have a, a documentation team of longstanding in MongoDB. They've been around as long as the engineering team's been around. And they've got a quite sophisticated content management system that they built themselves specifically for their purpose of being able to store and manage multiple versions of the same documentation. So the doc site is super clean. There's very few ads on it. It's got everything you need in there. The challenge is always with large documentation sets, finding what you need or knowing what it's called. Yeah. So what we've done is started to wrap the docs in our dev center articles which are a little bit more accessible. So a lot of our docs, uh, our, our Dev Center articles are introductions to or how to use multiple products together. And that gives you a more gentle entry because our docs are still, although we're making a big push to put more tutorial material in there, our docs historically have been a reference site for all the documentation on all the products. Now, like I said, you'll see if you look in there, each time I go back to the docs, I'm going, whoa, hang on. There's all these tutorials now. So we have these multi-language tabs now where if it's an example, you'll get it in all the top four languages, Node.js, Python, Java, uh, and C Sharp, so that you can get an example in your programming language. So the number one site for developers at MongoDB is docs. And so one of the things I look at when I'm looking at like engagement and growth of the product is the, the doc site. And I have, yeah, I have stats here. Like in, in, in 2017, we had 5 million attend people visit our doc site in the year just gone by 2021, we had 7.8 million. So, and those are all developers because you don't go to the doc site to browse. It's too dense. You wouldn't find anything useful. We get lots of people dropping into mongodb.com because they've heard of us. So they read an article or they watched a video or they saw Dave on CNBC, but the doc site is all developers. So that when I want to see what's happening in our community in the large, 
that's the Google Analytics tab I go to. Yeah. Okay. So the in uh, let's just return to this idea of you're, you're setting up DevRel in your organization. Yeah. Um, would you again say to that to the leadership, okay, we've got to build our own documentation system? Or no. I, I mean, I, I think the reason we did that way back in the day is because there wasn't really anything. Uh, appropriate for doing this for doing what they want to do these multiple versions you know they were all engineers as well so they love building yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah i mean i would i would pick one of the many 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 content management systems that are available now and just cast it into that um but i would say you need dedicated documentation writers it's not a devrel function per se it can be part of devrel but if you're writing documentation, that's what you're going to do 90% of your time. And, and, and honestly, really well-written, well-constructed documentation may be the best developer sales tool ever. Because if you can find out easily how to use the product, you are going to crush it. And you'll tell other people. You'll, re, you'll rewrite the docs in your own words because it's been easy to understand. So, yeah. It, Great documentation is the absolute underpinning of any developer product. And I'm glad to say, I think we have amazing documentation. The docs team at MongoDB does an incredible job. Let's uh, let's wrap it up by returning to the fun stuff. <laughs> uh, since the world is kind of returning to normal after COVID, et cetera, uh, I'm sure you've started traveling and talking again, perhaps not. Um, but what are your top tips for the the traveling conference speaker. Getting good at talking at conferences is not something that's learned overnight. And so there's no substitute for doing it. So people say to me, how did you get to be good at doing public speaking? And I'm like, I did it for 10 years. And I don't think you have to do it for 10 years, but you have to do a lot of it at the start. And, and you know, Sucking up the bad experiences with the good. I mean, I, I, I'll tell you, my first public speaking experience was the most horrific event I've ever had in my life because I was so dumb. I didn't even realize that there could be such a thing as speaker's anxiety. And I walked down onto the stage in York University in 1987 and absolutely lost it. I mean, they had to go and get water for me. I couldn't speak. And then I barreled through the whole 20 minute presentation in about four, four minutes. So it was a disaster. And you oh, have to epic. have those. That's epic. Yeah. You have to have those to, and get over them to get through it because there is no more thing horrific than going up and speaking in public for the first time. So what I'd say is don't do what I did and submit a paper to a conference and rock up, get used to doing it in your own office Get used to doing it in small groups of people you trust and who love you and you love them and work out from there. And, and you build up slowly. Um, I mean, the first time I did a big auditorium, again, you're going to feel nervous. I still feel nervous going out on stage, but now I recognize that it's part of the adrenaline that you need to do public yes. speaking well. Yes. And don't forget, a little bit of entertainment goes a long way to making a great public talk. So don't just be the guy who 
dumps facts. Bring some personality to it. Bring some of your own insight. Bring some of your own personal experience. Tell a little story about yourself. Uh, you know, you basically got to make the audience feel comfortable. The audience will be exactly as comfortable as you are on stage. So if you're not comfortable on stage, they're not going to be comfortable. Um, and the other thing is smile. The number of people who go on stage and they're just so stressed. Um, it's amazing if you can relax into it, the audience will just give you back all this energy. But I don't want to sugarcoat it. It takes lots of time and effort. The mythical, I'm not sure you have to do 10,000 hours of public speaking, <laughs> but I think a thousand wouldn't be far off it to really get good at it. So don't be overwhelmed and don't get disheartened if you're not great the first few times you do it. It takes time and energy to really get good at public speaking. Yeah, I think you, I think you're right. You just you just have to you just have to do it. Um, I mean, I I learned at meetups, right, which is a super safe. Space. Yeah, you can make tons of mistakes. Yeah, meetup is very forgiving. I would absolutely recommend to anybody who wants to get dip their toe into public speaking, find a local meetup. The audiences are so engaging and so helpful, and everybody's so forgiving. You can cock up as many times as you want there, and nobody will say a thing to you. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's mastering public speaking is one of those great skills that will pay off in spades throughout the rest of your life. And like anything in life, the time to master it is sooner the better. Start now, because, you know, the more you go on, the harder it is to overcome your own fears and your own anxieties. Um, it's not for everybody. No, no, but it's. I think it's easier now because uh, audiences are so. Everybody appreciates. Yeah. Actual. There, there's there's more there's more opportunity to talk in in front of small audiences, and uh, you know, Meetup really changed the game there in terms of giving you a small audience to talk in front of. Okay, that is uh, super encouraging, Joe. Thank you very much, and also um, a whole bunch of. I'm going to have to process them. A whole bunch of insights about Devrel. Uh, I have copious notes, which I'm going to check again. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's there's no substitute for doing and learning. Um, and uh, thank you so much. This has been absolutely fabulous. Thank you. Lovely to talk again, Richard. We must catch up in person soon. Absolutely. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. You can find the transcript of this podcast and any links mentioned on our podcast page at voxgig.com slash podcast. Subscribe for weekly editions where we talk to the people who make the developer community work. For even more, read our newsletter. You can subscribe at voxgig.com newsletter or follow our Twitter at voxgig. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.